Hello and welcome to episode one of the Grass and Gravel podcast. This will be a weekly podcast where we'll be covering the latest news from the world of football and F1. We'll be also taking a look into different areas of these worlds. We're taking a deeper dive into areas of these sports. I'll be your host, Joe Keane, and I'll be joined weekly by our expert and chief editor of the Pitchsider, Mr. Toby Green. Hello there, mate. How you doing? Very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not a good too week? bad. Yeah, it's been good. It's been some good uh, football games for us to talk about. Definitely. So, uh, should we crack on? Let's do it. Let's jump in. Uh, so the first game we will be looking at is Premier League from Saturday. Should we start with Southampton Villa? 4-0 to Villa. Yeah, that was a really good game uh, for Villa. I thought they played really well. In particular, the Douglas Louise goal, that was phenomenal. Uh, a little flick on over the top by Chambers to Coutinho, who just crossed it uh, to Louise. Uh, I just thought that was world class. Uh, the, the the way they played in, in general was really good, actually. Um, Coutinho looks to be back to his uh, best. Yeah. Seeing old glimpses of what it was like at Liverpool, which yeah. he hasn't been able to achieve at Barcelona or Bayern Munich. They did really well at Bayern Munich, actually. Won the Champions League. That that is true. <laughs> that was, so that was a very good uh, Bayern Munich side. So um, I don't think he was he did all right, but he didn't sell it a light. Well, he scored two goals against Barcelona while on loan from them, so that was quite good. True. But since he's been with Villa, he's he's settled in really well, lit up the league almost. You could say Watkins, Watkins and Danny Ings getting Danny Ings looked to have a good game to assist goal as well. Yeah, he's been playing well for them. He's a, he's a solid striker. Their front three looks really good, actually. Um, their whole team, really. Maybe it, they need some defensive reinforcements, but just in general, their team looks really good for, for next year if they're able to strengthen on that. Uh, yeah, I think they'll have a good sure. chance of getting into Europe. Yeah, they look like they're doing quite well. Uh, should we move to the Chelsea-Burnley game? Another 4-0 <laughs> in the same day. Um, Burnley looked to be on top for the first 30 minutes. Then the second half came and Chelsea just dominated by scoring four goals. Havertz with two, Pulisic looking good, goal and assist. Rhys James came back from injury, first start, first goal, got an assist for one of the Havertz goals as well. Yeah, yeah, I was watching that game. Burnley for the first 20, 30 minutes were the better team. Uh, they just didn't take their chances. I thought Aaron Lennon had a great, great start to the game. He beat um, Silva a couple of times. Um, yeah. But they just weren't able to to convert their chances, and at this point, um, it's quite critical they do that. If they got like a draw against Chelsea, it would have been very helpful for their survival chances. Um, although it is a, a tough team to play against, just makes it the the relegation battle was quite interesting. Although I do still reckon Burnley will stay up. You still got them. They're, they're currently sitting eighteenth in the league with Everton above them, but Everton have a couple of games in hand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so you would you would fancy Everton maybe to get a couple of points to see them clear, but on paper, Everton, yeah, on paper yeah. they should be able to. But the way they're they're playing, the form they've got, I, I, they're they're a real worry at the moment. Definitely. Definitely in the candidates to be relegated. Yes, there, there's quite a few teams. Norwich, Watford, Burnley, Everton, Leeds, Brentford. I think Newcastle Six, just uh, sort of escaped that, the drop for now. Maybe before January, I would have said they're guaranteed to go down, but it looks like they've escaped that that drop zone. They've strengthened quite well. Yeah, um, their signings they've made look great. Trippier's been um, done well before he got injured. Yeah, they got a good win, 2-1 over Brighton. 
yep. this weekend. That relegation battle looks quite interesting. Um, a few of the teams play each other in the next coming weeks. So. Yeah, Burnley Brentford coming up next, so that'll be quite pivotal to their their chances of survival. Definitely, definitely. As you uh, mentioned, Brentford. Should we move on to the uh, Brentford Norwich game, which was a free one? Yeah, hat trick for Ivan Tony. Uh, two of them were penalties, but still, it was a great performance. Um, so it was his, one of his first games back since injury as well. That's true. So That's uh, true. Ericsson started as well. Yeah, Ericsson making his full debut back to uh, Premier League life. So That's good. So you got that. So he took the corner, which led to the goal. So the assist to the assist. I think it was flicked on by someone else. But yeah, it was a good start for him. I mean, yeah, it, in, in the formation that he plays uh, at Brentford, he's in the sort of the midfield too. So he can sort of drop back and sort of dictate play. He's still yeah. got that that quality on the ball. Yeah, I did uh, I did like Pookie's volley from the 92nd minute. That was so nice. Even though it had no impact on the game, it was a nice goal he scored. Yeah, he's still a serviceable striker. He's just doesn't have a lot of chances this year. I don't think the, the Norwich team is really set up to, to survive in the Premier League. The signings they've made haven't done too well. And they're, 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 they're favourites to go down, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty certain they will. They've tw- played seven, 27 games, got 17 points. So Watford, so the team above them with 19. Yeah, they got the worst goal difference in the league as well, minus 42. Yeah. It's not a pretty sight. No, even Watford's is 22. So it's 20 more goals they conceded. Definitely going to struggle, but one of these teams that maybe rebound back up, straight back up. Yeah, they're sort of a yo-yo team. The, the parachute money will help them when they go down. Um, they've got experience of, of winning uh, the championship. They did it last year. Um, so I've no doubt they'll be contenders next year to go back up. Uh, there was a few other games. Liverpool, West Ham, Palace Wolves, 2-0. Leicester Leeds, any games you want to pick out from these that took your... I I don't think there was. I, I didn't watch any of them. <laughs> no, no, I mean obviously Liverpool winning keeps the pressure on City. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Liverpool winning is is certainly makes the the title race not as clear cut. <clears throat> Although I do reckon City will win. Overall. Yeah, I think they've got. Was it still three points? Um, <clears throat> they got a six point uh, lead. Although Liverpool do have a game in hand. So yeah, it will be about six points if Liverpool win, which I'm sure they yes. will. Yes, I mean Chelsea. If they could get, if Man City and Liverpool could be back in it, but I think that's a very long shot that Chelsea are going to. Yeah, uh, Chelsea, I'm pretty sure, will solidify that third place spot. I mean, I mean, coming up, they've got Chelsea, have got um, Norwich and Newcastle. So, two favourable two favorable games for them, mm. really. Um, the only issue is that they're quite in quick succession, which I believe one's Thursday and one's Saturday. Yeah. Uh, th- yeah, I mean Arsenal and United. Arsenal was better form at the moment, but they're both slightly inconsistent, not playing top top level, particularly United. No. So I think Chelsea are pretty safe in that third place spot. Yeah, I think I think if Arsenal's games in hand, they can get within two points of Chelsea. But Chelsea's are one of their games in hand, so and of, could possibly yeah get yeah. And of course, there's West three. Ham as well, who are knocking on the door. They could end up in fourth. You never know. They're only three points behind. Arsenal. I know Arsenal have games in hand, but you never know. You never there. know. Uh, while we're talking about Arsenal, move on to the Sunday games. So we've got Arsenal Watford 3 2. Yeah, it was where, a, a good Where match. Arsenal fans uh, quaking in their boots. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit nervy times. Um, it was a good goal by Cuco Hernandez. It was a bicey. 
Yes, um, that's a very nice goal. Generally, just poor defence from from Arsenal in that game. Uh, attacking wise, I thought they looked really good. Just defensively, they're they're pretty poor. Yeah, a few um, maybe. Then that's where a position they need to strengthen in the summer. But ge- generally, they've flipped quite good this season. Um, yeah, they're definitely again, improved as the season's gone on. That's true. Again, they are a bit hit and miss. Probably the biggest talking talking point from the weekend is City versus United. All mm-hmm. one. I know. I know you watched this game. Yeah, so I watched as it. A, what's your view of it as being a United fan? Well. I think we went into it um, in a way that probably City didn't expect. They probably planned for us to play Ronaldo up front, which we didn't. We played a sort of a really weird system with Fernandez and Pogba sort of being the two most forward players. I wouldn't say it was successful because obviously we lost 4-1, but for the first half an hour, we were definitely holding our own. Um, that They scored early on, very early on, I think it was the first five minutes. And then United bounced back with like a quite a direct counter-attack and it was a good finish by Sancho. Although Sancho later on, I think like 10, 20 minutes later, had another opportunity, probably an easier chance and he absolutely skied it. So that wasn't great. Um, but City were just City, basically. They were ruthless. Their passing was precise, uh, especially in the, the right-hand side for United. They City would cause them real, real troubles. Yeah, um, I, there's a couple of um, pundits out there that have... Uh criticised United. Do you think this is your top four battle gone? Or do you think no, you can still I, maybe I think, get it? I think there's still a chance of getting top four. It all depends on how Arsenal perform because um, they've got games in hand. But the, the worrying bit is the defence at the moment for United is just pretty dreadful. And, and the last 80 minutes, uh, the, sorry, the last 20 minutes of the game, City had like 90% possession. And you can yes, tell yeah. that United players just gave up. So there's there's really no excuse for that. They need to sort that out um, pretty drastically and quickly. And I'm not sure how they're going to do that, to be honest. They need a, a manager to come in, a leader to sort that out. And they need to uh, basically get rid of a lot of players who are just not performing uh, well enough and just bring in some some people who have actual ambition to to play the best football possible. Definitely. Definitely needs a whole reshape of the team. It's, um, but there's a, there's a few players on that team that are rumoured to, especially Pogba, is rumoured to go elsewhere, isn't he? Yeah, his contract's up at the end of the season, so I imagine he will leave. Same with Ronaldo. I think he might be on the move. Uh, Rashford as well. There's been question marks about him. His, his season's been pretty poor. Um, yeah, he's not starting as many games as he wants to be, I saw today. No, no. And when he has been, he's been pretty dreadful. So, yeah, a lot of question marks. Moving on, talking about question marks, probably one of the biggest news stories of this week, if not the biggest, is Roman Ramovich putting Chelsea up for sale. Mm-hmm. Big, big impact for the club, but also the league, do you reckon? <clears throat> yes, yeah, definitely. He's been for the last uh, 19 years, I think he's been in uh, yeah, nine, 19 years Chelsea. They've been one of the best teams in England uh, and Europe as well. So, yeah, obviously it will have a big impact on on the club um, and maybe on the league. The, who knows really what's, what's going to come out of this. Um, the thing is, we don't know how long it's going to take for him to sell and we don't know who he's going to sell to. He might sell to someone who's willing to put a lot of money into the club and then yeah, there might think- be much, not much difference in the way Chelsea operates or they might sell to somebody who just doesn't want to put money in at all. 
Uh, we've I know with Chelsea, Chelsea have made nine hundred million pound loss since the start of the Premier League, so it's a bit of a since the start that, of the Premier League entire history or just this season. In the start of the Premier League's history. Oh, okay. But um, there's still a lot of money to write off Chelsea. Chelsea don't really make a lot of money. No. Well, they, to be um, fair, not a lot of clubs make profit, especially in the Premier League. I don't think there's any team. No. But um, Chelsea have got a few good assets, which um, could potentially line up some good suitors. Currently, world, world club champions, Champions League winners. Uh, got the most successful youth academy at the moment for transfers since 2015 so there's a few good assets in that and it's a pretty good team to be inheriting but it depends what happens in the backroom staff yeah I think as clubs go it's one of the better clubs for an investor to buy into because it's already really established and it's already had a lot of backing and funding Uh, the the only issue maybe is do people want to get associated with the club after you know it's links with Abramovich and the you know the Russian investment from that side it's slightly slightly tainted i think before the the issues in in ukraine arised um if abramovich wanted to sell there'd be a lot more suitors coming i'm not saying nobody will buy it but it will take maybe a lot longer than it would have no i think it has definitely cut it's definitely um reduced the price that he would be able to ask for it mm. three billion still probably too much but um there's rumors to be about 10 different bidders um a couple of them are americans so yeah, there's a new bidder every week isn't there yeah and but i reckon it will probably go to someone that we haven't even heard of <clears throat> yeah so um but apparently i heard today that chelsea roman Ramfitch doesn't want to be selling to anyone that's got links to like a ongoing conflict well, in the world yeah that's so that's probably wise i think that includes all of the football Should we move on to the F1? Yeah, let's do it. So F1 just had their Barcelona test. There's been some, there's been news in concerns that links it back to Russia with Haas, with Mazepin. They're getting rid of their sponsor as well. Any thoughts on Yeah, that? so uh, Mazepan's father uh, owns a company called Ural Kali, which is a Russian company, um, which was the, one of the main sponsors for Haas. It, I think it funded a third of their their budget. Yeah, I think so. Right. With them out of the picture, there's a lot of question marks in regards to how they're going to get that funding. Uh, is Gene Haas going to put more money into the the team, which seems unlikely? And the main one, actually, is who's going to be the new driver for the season. Yes, yeah, I believe there's some actual, I could read a news article today. That, <clears throat> yeah, I um, think I think uh, Oscar Piastri, the Australian, is going to take up the next uh, practice session with Haas. But I'm not sure who goes uh, further with the team after that. Maybe it'll be him, maybe it'll be someone else. If you were Haas, would you take a more experienced driver or would you take the risk of... Yeah, well, the thing is, if they don't have much money, then probably Piastri would be the best option because I think he's part of the Ferrari Academy, a bit like Schumacher. So he'd probably be free. Um, or they could go somewhere a bit more experienced, maybe like Hulkenberg or someone like that. Who Isn't, isn't Oscar Piastri part of the Alpine? He might be actually academy because he's Alpine's reserve driver. I think Piazzo, um, 
Fittipaldi, their current reserve driver. Fittipaldi, yeah. Fittipaldi. Is he one that could take the mantle? He's driven the car a couple of times, a couple of races, filled in for Roman Grosjean. Yeah, maybe. He's excellent. His, uh, I think it was his uncle rather than his dad, um, Fittipaldi, who was a Formula One ra- uh, race driver. He was quite successful. It was his, uh, grand- his grandson. Is it grandson? Emerson. Emerson. Uh, grandson was Emerson. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I'm not sure how well he'll do in, in the car. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he hasn't had great results since he, he did actually break both his legs in 2018. So Well, that's not a good sign, is it? No, no. Um, the other drivers I've seen linked to it are Giovinazzi, mm-hmm. um, currently racing in Formula E, and he is a Ferrari backup driver alongside Mick Schumacher. Yeah, Italian Jesus. Um, I've seen Callum Islet yeah, linked because yeah. he's a Ferrari youth driver. Um, he's got a bit of experience. Could go British again with Mick Schumacher. Yeah. Um, or the other one would be the return of Kevin Mag. Have they mentioned Grosjean at all? No, no, I ha- I haven't seen anything with Grosjean. Yeah, perhaps he I think return after his crash. I think with Grosjean, he's linked. He's signed to is it IndyCar? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he's an IndyCar. Which is the same with Callum Ilock. That's that's the main issue. That would be there. He's just signed up for the 2022 IndyCar. Yeah, it's the finances of getting them out. It would, um, especially Hasp, we don't have that much finance. So be interesting to see yep. how who they get and how they go forward. Or one we have, one that just slipped my mind, Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, Hulkenberg would be a good option. He's a, he's a reserve driver, isn't he? Yes, for... It's Aston. He was, yeah, I was going to say Aston Martin. Yeah. yeah, I like him. He's a good driver. Yes, yeah. I think he's... A, He's Good up there with well. the most races for having a race wing. I think he might be top actually. Yeah, he's um he's I know he's raced in 179 Grand Prix. Yeah. But I don't know how many. He's never won. Not sure. I don't know if he's got podium actually. He might have once or twice. Just um going back, Norris and Verstappen have both signed new deals. Verstappen signed a six year deal, I think. Is it worth that for <clears throat> Yes, about that. Yeah. And then uh, Norris has signed a, a shorter deal, but still about three, two, three years. So yeah, significant money as long. well. Yeah. Well, it's good for the, for the team to secure these drivers. These are definitely the the drivers of the future and the present, I guess. They're very well, good. Verstappen's world champion at the moment with the number one. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does with Hamilton this season, especially with Russell now with Hamilton, whether them two will race each other or whether it'd be more of a team orders. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it'll be it'll be good this season i reckon russell will actually uh win a few races and i think he'll actually take some of the fight to hamilton yeah definitely the the i suppose the only thing that concerns me about this season is a lot of people might think there's a lot more there might be a lot more hype around it especially with what happened last season last season was quite yeah. a rare event yeah. There will be a in lot of hype around F1. it. So I reckon it'd be there'll be a lot more hype around it. And whether it will disappoint, we'll find out. It might even t- trump last season. So be good to good to actually see. Yeah, for sure. 
But there is some changes from last season. We've got new racing directors and also a uh, virtual control room, basically yeah. like a VAR system. That's definitely yeah. a good decision to bring the new race directors in. Um, yes. Although I don't blame Michael Massey for the mistakes that happened in the last race. Um, it was, I think, more the structure that he was being placed in and the procedures that were in place. Hopefully with the VAR and the, the altering of the um, directors, um, will mean that there's fewer mistakes and fewer chances of mistakes happening. Yeah, yeah. It's um, Michael Massey was probably a bit of a scapegoat. Um, Red Bull's Horner, uh, Christian Horner, has said that Mercedes have sort of bullied the removal of the race director, Michael Massey. I did see that today. Yeah, maybe. I, I think but, at the time, um, the way that they were contacting Massey and asking him for to do this and do that was not, not great although you can't really blame the teams for that because um obviously they're allowed to do that but i think they've stopped um the communication between the teams and the directors now which is another good step yes or or at least they're not gonna um televise it and promote it no no um they did provide some good entertainment though but um um moving on uh, a couple of new rules especially around the sprint races we've got another Another three at Imola, um, Red Bull, Austrian, Austria, yeah, Austria Grand Prix, and the Brazil Interlagos. We've got sprints of twenty five percent of the race, and it there'll be now points from first to eighth, with first getting eighth and second getting seven, and so on until eight that gets one. Mm-hmm. Good move, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think the. Sprint race is a bit hit and miss. Last year it was interesting. There was one at Silverstone, I think. Yes. I think that was yeah, the one where was that the one where Paris spun out? Um, yeah, I think it was. Position. I think now that they got the the points allocated to it, you know, the eight points, which is quite a lot to be honest, um, for for a winning a sprint race, there's probably a lot more emphasis on doing well in that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Maybe it's a bit more to promote like the second drivers, maybe for like Russell maybe to get points if for like team orders maybe if they let him race but it'd be interesting to see how that plays out but it's definitely one we'll be following on the podcast stay tuned and there's one other rule that come from last year's Belgium Grand Prix so last year there was they raced two laps around the spa racetrack behind a safety car just to get the 25% of the points I believe the new points now this time it has to be two racing laps without a safety car or virtual safety car intervention yeah so that essentially means that russell would not have got that win uh no. if these rules were in place but these uh, rules are definitely a good uh a good thing you can't really say it's a victory if you just drove around the the safety car for two laps yeah because there is no over there yeah. is no overtaking or yeah. anything in that so yeah, to his credit, he did get a pole on with Williams, though. So, yes, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely a good talent. He's definitely, I reckon, he'll definitely win a few championships. Yeah, eventually, yeah. maybe not this year. Just seeing the, the di- dynamic between him and Hamilton this year will be interesting. See if he can actually challenge and see how the the structure is of if he's allowed to actually race Hamilton because Hamilton definitely is the number one driver. We'll interesting see that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Whether they treat him a bit like a, I don't know, like a bit of more, I was going to say rookie, but rookie's not the right word because he is an experienced driver in F1. But Yeah, but less so than Hamilton. 
yeah um moving on just to slightly look beyond this season uh there's been news this week that michael andretti is aiming to form a formula one team by 2024 i believe he's been trying to buy out Haas for a number of years mm. um but he's gonna go alone and do his own f1 team do yes. you think this will be a 11 length team on the grid or do you reckon he'll replace a team uh, like well Haas? possibly Haas might fold by then um who knows with their finances at the moment it's a real possibility but it would be interesting to have another team involved i think uh it's definitely possible um, it's definitely it's definitely in the rules there definitely is in the rules to have more than 10 teams yeah yeah it's just and i think it, he wants like a, a well he's an american so he wants an american-based team at least one american driver that's what he said so that would be interesting um he's also said that he's willing to put in 200 million of his own money to um to place the the revenue loss from other teams for tv revenues as there's another team involved. Yeah, he's just he's just trying to butter the deal up, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. To accept him in. Um, but he's got a few other teams, especially, is it IndyCar and Formula E? I believe he's got teams. Yeah, he's, he's got so, a lot of uh, different racing teams. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be good to see how this one progresses. Um, I believe he's got an engine deal already lined up, but I'm not sure who that's with. Really? Yeah, I read something earlier that he did, but I can't. It didn't specify who it was. Again, there's again in 2026. There's new engine of Audi or Porsche coming in, aren't they? Yeah, they look to be coming in. So, whether that's something he might be working with, who knows on that one? Who knows? Four years is a long time away, anyway. So, who knows yeah. what the new, uh, how the engines will perform in the new cars as well? So, yeah, that 2026 is when the new engine design is okay that's i think that's why they're coming in but it's, they're still talking about what it's gonna mean whether it's a simpler engine or something it'd be interesting to see as you're from the pitch cider not many people probably would have heard of this as of yet so do you want to just give our viewers a little rundown of what it is yeah so the pitch cider is like a uh, football blog that i have uh, which aims to highlight uh, news stories or just uh, interesting things in the footballing world that I would like people to know about. It's on the pitchsider.blogspot.com and it's also on Twitter as well. Uh, so have a look at that. There should be some new stories coming out soon. One of them is uh, a little exclusive here. One of them is about what I think was the best game of this century so far. So a few more years to go. It's definitely uh, a good topic but it's a lot of games you're gonna have to try and to be fair yeah i haven't i haven't watched all the games this century as a disclaimer um (laughs) (laughs) i I haven't shuffled my way through them yet yeah it's gonna maybe it will be a future podcast episode once you've written the article maybe we'll discuss it yeah on the podcast be interesting um get maybe a special guest on to come and give their views yeah well next week we are looking to get guests as well so that'll be uh interesting yes and next week we'll start a quiz and it will be the start of the quiz so that will be interesting to see who knows more knowledge yeah. about f1 and football so start my, start revising listeners <laughs> my guess probably will be you toby but we'll, we'll <laughs> yeah. see we'll see as you are the expert And that leads us to the end of our podcast. 
please like and review our podcast. Get in contact with us on our socials at on Twitter at the is at the Pitchsider. Our Instagram is at Grass and Gravel Podcast or by email Grass and Grass and Gravel Podcast at gmail.com with any comments, questions you will have for us, and we may feature them in the next episode. Thank you for joining me, Toby, for this week. Thank you, mate. Thank you. I'll and see you next week. It's been a pleasure. Yes. And hopefully we'll have a special guest joining us. And thank you, listener, for listening. And goodbye. Bye-bye.